Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 14, March 20, 2016, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Well, today's episode, we are going to talk about the applicant list for the state of Alaska. We're all going to then zoom in on the local Fairbanks issues. Um, the, the names of companies specifically. And then we're going to zoom even further to one specific company, Frosty Farms, and their um, conditional use permit hearing. They were the first ones in Fairbanks, the first ones in Alaska to have to do it. Very excited to bring you some of the things that were said there. Let's get right to it. First of all, I'm going to go to Marijuana Business Daily. This was from March 16th. Nearly 200 cannabis business licenses applications have been submitted in Alaska since the date state opened its application process on February 24th. As of March 14th, there were 47 retail dispensary applications, 89 standard cultivation sites, 42 limited cultivation sites, 8 for concentrate, concentrate production facilities, six for product manufacturing, and three testing site applications. Total, 195. And from that, I don't know if that includes all the errors, because I heard in the beginning there were over half, half the applications had errors in them were sent back. There were many applicants made multiple submissions, so that counts for one of the big numbers too. There's no cap on how many licenses will be awarded. In parentheses, they're not saying they're going to collect as much as they can. No application deadline. Instead, the board will accept applications on a rolling basis. In an earlier statement, the cannabis marijuana, the, uh, the Alaska Cannabis Control Board said it would likely be mid-March when it would start reviewing applications turned in during the first week of the application period. The Alcohol and Cannabis Control Office will send submitted applications to the municipality in which the applicant wants to locate the business. The municipality will have 60 days to protest the application. This is that big part. That's the wait, 60 days through the municipality. That's why you get your stuff done first. Go into the um, conditional use permit like Frosty Farms did. The uh, CCB expects to approve the first testing and cultivation licenses by early June while product manufacturing retail stores will be processed afterwards. Agency expects to approve the first product manufacturing retail stores in September. Okay, so let's take a look at some of the names we have of businesses specifically in the state of, well, Fairbanks. These are all standard cultivation, cannabis cultivation facilities. And keep in your mind, just by name, Name is a lot. Which company do you want to purchase your cannabis from? Rosie Creek Farm. High Quality Buds. AK Shadows. Sunrise Gardens. Musky Ox. Black Rapids. Cannabis Connoisseur. Alaska Blooms. Alaskan Blooms. They have two. Interesting. Um, there's two different sites. Yeah, because you need a different license for each site. Now, limited facilities. Um, limited marijuana cultivation. We have subsistence products. So that'll be kind of cool. They'll, they'll do probably a small strain. And that's 500 square feet. So that's small. And far north cannabis. That's 500, again, 
limited. Um, we also have good. They are a limited cannabis cultivation. I forgot to add us. We are in the standard cannabis cultivation. We have not officially applied, but we will be. Good sense. Good times. Good sense. Now, back to retail shops. We will again be doing retail, but that comes in September. We have a retail shop in Fairbanks called Good. It's interesting. We're going to be called Good Sense. And Head in the Clouds is going to be another one. I kind of like the name of that one. Frozen Buds is another one out on Pega Road. So um, right now we have, those are the names of the local ones. We have one concentrate manufacturing facility, connoisseurs, concentrates. That's all going good. I want to... a lot of good names out there. I'm not sure which is my favorite. I, As far as retail, I really like Head in the Clouds. Good name. Frozen Buds, good name too. Um, as far as um, cultivators, I just like Rosie Creek Farm. I like Rosie, Sun, Sunrise Gardens. I like that one. Um, I also like this one. I think, what does it say? Good Sense? Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. All right, so um, now we're going to focus in straight on the um, Frosty Farms. Okay, so this is going to be taken from the news miner, Amanda Bowen. I saw her sitting in the back. She was, did a great job on tweeting during the event. I, when I got home, I was reading it, and I was like, no, I, was, I remember that, particularly about the kids. The kids were great during the whole time, sitting in the back. Not her kids, but someone else's kids at the, at the um, meeting. They did a good job. Um. So, Planning Commission voted 7-1 to one at almost midnight Tuesday, this was last Tuesday, approving the first conditional use permit for a cannabis business in the Fairbanks North Star Borough. Frosty Farms, owned by Travis Christensen and Gerard Grawl, will grow cannabis to provide to retailers. They plan to have seven greenhouses and eventually a warehouse for indoor pot growing, all surrounded by a vegetated 50-foot buffer and a 6-foot fence guarded and guarded with an alarm system and cameras. Gall and Christensen also addressed the commission and answered questions. They provided pictures of the property, two and a half acres, showing trash and abandoned buildings. We feel like we will help improve the neighborhood by getting rid of all the trash and dilapidated buildings, Christensen said. The 20-foot by 70-foot greenhouses will be constructed of thick plastic over a frame of a gravel base, according to a report by the Fairbanks North Star Borough Department of Community Planning. 2450 square foot indoor growing facility, an office building, and living quarters for employees living on site or plane in the future. Up to eight employees are expected to run the operation. Business hours will be from 8 to 6. Later during harvest season, they plan to haul water to the property. The farm will have a security gate that will be locked after business hours, according to permit applicants. A carbon air filtration system will be installed in the greenhouse to deal with odor. They got a lot of things they're dealing with. A lot of things. They've planned ahead, did a good job. Um, they were the first ones to go up there. That was that. That took some balls to get up there and be the first. And, and they did a good job, both um, Christensen and Gall. Um, a handful of neighbors of the planned Salcha business complained about traffic, noise, odor, and safety. And what I wanted to do now is play 
some of their testimony. I'd like to address the noise factor, which we've been assured is going to be minimal. However, our house is going to be about 100 feet from the property line where their buffer zone starts. And if they have two fans, two to three fans, running at each of seven greenhouses, I can't see that that's going to be real quiet. Then they'll have the activity of four employees, possibly an additional four to eight employees and contractors during the summer, 25 daily visitors, including vendors, applicants, and inspectors, deliveries of water in their uh, permit application. I saw the numbers three to seven times daily, and the delivery of fuel and supplies and deliveries going in. This is a significant amount of traffic and noise in front of our property. Number two, to address the safety issue, we'll have a six-foot fence, floodlights, motion sensors, alarms, and a siren. Now, after the alarm is activated on site, their employees will determine the source of the disturbance, be it a break-in, malfunction of the system, or a visiting loose. Uh, these systems will certainly keep their products safe. However, I don't feel that their system is going to do anything for the safety of anyone else in the area. The alarm's going off. It's like that commercial. Uh, I'm a security monitor. There's a robber. As far as the uh, time for Fairbanks trooper response, it's varied from Fairbanks, depending on where they are in their highway and what they're involved in already. Number three, the odor. We've approached this quite a bit. I have done some research online, and I find that there are many complaints from people living next door to these types of operations in both Colorado and Oregon. Um, since they've had their systems going for a year to two years and still have these types of complaints, I'm assuming that no one has found a final answer to this problem of odor, uh, especially during harvest season. All I can say is that the wind direction will probably determine who gets the front of it in the neighborhood. First of all, our one of our concerns is traffic. We're going to have water trucks, pickup and delivery trucks, water or worker transportation, dockers, and possibly thieves. They're going to be added to the normal family traffic, school buses, walking, running, bike riding, dog walking. This is all going to significantly impact the neighborhood. Um, we're concerned about pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, fertilizers, solid and liquid waste disposal. Went to the EPA website to see what they say about these things uh, concerning marijuana growing. They don't have any regulations because it's illegal to commercially grow marijuana in the United States. One thing I want to say, I think everybody in this room knows that commercial growing of marijuana in the United States is illegal. And taking some words out of your permitting paperwork isn't going to change that fact. And to me, it looks like you guys are helping somebody circumvent federal law. And I just want to point that out because 
That's not right. He is the sole income provider for our family, and we have been informed that due to his security clearance, that there is a possibility, since the government has not had to deal with this really yet, that he may not be able to renew it because of our proximity to the facility. So, give us some more. Some more is the government says that it's a very gray area, and they are not sure if that classifies as a security risk because of our residential proximity to a facility that is going to be doing something that is illegal in the eyes of the government. Are they afraid he's going to breathe it in and have some... That's part of the gray area that they're unsure of. And if that were to happen, that's, I mean, loss of income for our family. Uh, we bought a place in 2006. Water quiet, not for floodlights, sirens, noisy fans, or traffic. Property originally when we bought it. We a church, I was in abandoned church at the time. It was a family moved in, and then college came. Large scale commercial cannabis marijuana pot was illegal then. Now the borough's changed its GU1 designation and said it's okay. We didn't know about it, we haven't heard about it, it's not okay with us, we didn't vote on it. The state, borough, university, private people all around the world have property for sale that's not going to corrupt the neighborhood. This neighborhood is residential, it's not anything else. Alright, so wow, let's, let's take a break from them just hammering things. How, how about that lady? Um, if her husband breathes it, she's gonna lose, maybe they'll lose their job. The guy, we moved here for peace and quiet. All these cars. So I don't know, what I don't know what's going on. The, the, it, it's kind of sad, but you know, with a lot of freedom, you get, uh, you have to give other people freedom, right? And talking about that, I'm packing up here of some skunk from Meha Not You Genetics. This stuff is good. Mid Tokers blend today is Skunk One, sponsored by Meha Not You Genetics. Bring you the newest strains of cannabis with over 20 years of genetic experience. We have not haven't talked on this. I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I said let's get back to testimony. Here's a strong neighbor. I wonder if he's gonna be getting some uh, cannabis elves leaving little packages on his door after this. Personally, I didn't come here to offend my neighbors, but I have no problem with it. If they clean up the mess that's there and make a nice, tidy operation, with a fence you can't even see, I don't, I don't see it being a problem. Oh, yeah. That guy's good stuff. Gotta like him as a neighbor, huh? It took a lot for him to come out, to come out there and support those guys. Heard people talking in the back. They would come up and support him. Um, he said the gall doesn't even smoke cannabis don't know if that's true or not but um 
People saying he's a good guy. He's worked for them a long time. Christensen, too, heard a lot of good things about him that night. So now let's hear their rebuttal. I mean, so, you know, obviously there will be some additional traffic on there. I mean, he actually said exactly what I've written down. As far as our construction goes, I mean, we're not building a 20,000 square foot building. It's really going to be no difference, no different than a home being built, a site development, lumber for framing, and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, water, the water facility is four miles away. We're going to have a 300 gallon tank. So, I mean, maybe one, two trips a day, and that'll be enough for one watering, which, or, you know, one greenhouse watering. Greenhouses, will have to, you know, those trips most likely be one or two, one or two, three days. Yeah, we increased it in the conditional use application a little bit, just so we wouldn't lose ourselves, because until we were actually out there with the facility built and operating, we don't know the exact uh, water consumption rates, but we've approximated them in that range. You know, given that we right now have a 300-gallon tank that requires us to do a couple more trips, we can source a larger tank, a little bit larger trailer, that'll help us reduce the amount of traffic we generate from the water hauling activities um, on that side. So, yeah. so, uh, large truck traffic, I know a lot of people have been talking about large water trucks and such. Uh, the water trucks are really only becoming to the site if we have a scenario where we are unable to haul our own water. Uh, material deliveries will be uh, very occasional and will only happen a couple times. That will not be an ongoing thing. We are not a large warehouse. Um, the DEC water runoff standards, uh, from what we found and from what DEC told us, is that due to the low amount of agriculture in Alaska, the best handling and management practices are recommended. Um, we do have, we plan to put a gravel pad in place to help us, uh, not only stabilize, but also absorb some of that water. A lot of it, like I said, will be going into the plants, and every bit that runs out is plenty of waste. So we're trying to aim at uh, watering just what we need and not uh, excessively. The pesticides, herbicides uh, that were mentioned earlier, uh, most of the products, honestly, that we use are natural and based. Uh, most of the community over the years has gone that direction. Um, Rosemary oil, garlic oil, neem oil, these are kind of the main ingredients. There are some products that are more harsh. However, we don't want to use those because we then have to cleanse them out of our product before it can be tested and approved for sale because we can't have a product uh, full of pesticides and herbicides. So, uh, let's see. I don't know any government security clearance. Uh, I do have friends that are military as well. Um, I've never heard any of them mention anything along those lines. Of course, we'll have to investigate a little bit further to understand the depth of that issue. Uh, the odor issue we want to address a little bit, too, uh, with the roll of sides like they talked about. The reason the sides roll up is to increase airflow. If the fans are operating with the sides down, air will come through the louvers in front of our windows. Uh, due to the air circulation pattern we design and the way it flows, we have to have a little bit of air coming in to feed the exhaust fans. Otherwise, we can get pressure and atmosphere inside of it, um, which isn't really conducive. Uh, we do have fan regulators on there, so we can adjust the speed of the fan uh, as well as uh, how much air they're pushing out to meet, to meet our needs uh, with the sides. But the sides are not to be uh, permeating odor. 
uh, to be allowing people to come in. So I think the way that we design the greenhouses, uh, there won't be uh, a lot of air leaking on the side because it's all going to be through fans and filtration system. Uh, the odor also, like we're saying, towards the end of the harvest season is when it's strongest. Uh, we are talking about you know, a chemical factory here. Uh, we're not talking about a fast food joint, you know, but there is some odor and we are going to go above and beyond and do what we can within all means to eliminate that odor. Because we understand that we're new to the subdivision and we don't want to negatively impact our neighbors. So other than smell, it seems like the other big concern is increase in traffic and you're going to be wanting to make what, a couple of trips a day all in water to 300 gallon tanks and it sounds like 300 gallons isn't not very much. Well, the way our cultivation system is set up is our greenhouses are staggered as far as the day they need watering so that we can uh, manage a site with fewer employees. That also staggers the need for our water deliveries. Uh, on site there's you know quite a bit of water around the area so we also explore possibilities of putting a well in. There is one on site. We don't know what condition of it is. Uh, it was went to the house that burned down there. And so I'm assuming it needs some sort of repair. But uh, we're going to actively explore that option as well. Um, Why would you want to haul water if you could? I mean, water isn't very deep there. Yeah. Our initial plans were to haul because we didn't know if the water, we're going to get tested. Yeah. It has a uh, negative elements to it. Chemicals, uh, you know, or other factors that we have to filter out before we'd be willing to put it into our uh, plants and products. Okay, good rebuttal. They did what they were supposed to do. They answered all the questions. Um, a lot of good things they were saying. Next comes up an idea of them talking about lights. Neighbors were complaining there's gonna be too many night. Uh, it's gonna block up the night sky, and we'll hear about a question about that. Somebody bought this property that didn't require a conditional use permit and put up 600 lights for the equity on the property. There, there's nothing the borough could do about it. The only lighting uh, requirements in our code deal with lighting directed at residential zones. These are not residential zones, the GU zone. So that requirement does not apply in the circumstances. However, uh, the Planning Commission could add an additional condition that talks about how lighting is directed. Um, the, the requirements that deal with zones basically say lighting needs to be directed so that it doesn't cross property lines. So downward, <coughs> inward, and that's the point of the lighting requirements of state regs is to facilitate the security cameras. Next, we get to hear a great exchange, and we get to hear democracy at work, and we get to see how people in power get to just change language. It was a very good way seeing how the feds are coming in on the borough. The borough's just putting it in, and Billingsley said it's got to go out. He took fed, state. Just listen. First, I'm going to make a, I will, I don't want to move to amend to straight the first sentence in first condition I think that requires okay. yeah that requires compliance with state federal law because I think that sets these guys up to have their permit challenged 
as soon as they have marijuana on the property by their neighbors, and it's just setting them up for failure and a bunch of bureaucracy coming straight back to the borough and having it challenged. And they have to comply with state law regardless of what we do. I don't think we have it written in there to create a bunch of bureaucracy for them to have to go through. Wait, do you really mean the first sentence or just the word federal in the first sentence? I, I would, uh, women need that sentence. I mean, they have to apply comply with laws anyhow. If they don't comply with the law, they're they're violating the laws separately. So it's kind of redundant right now. But we could just strike federal if you want to start. Borough legal department has been adding like pretext to our permits that we're not approving. That just doesn't sound right. I mean, we're, there's additional conditions on the permits that were like in, historically been approving. Uh, we were told that there's like automatic language printed into the permits. There is automatic language that is printed on every permit that says that the um, permit holder must comply with all state, federal, and local laws. It's just standard language. It's not a condition of the permit. So like you pointed out earlier, it would not be a basis for revoking the permit. It's just written on. It's not a condition. Right. Oh, understand. We're striking out the applicant or holder of this condition used to shall comply with all applicable laws, including city, borough, state, and federal laws. Taking that right out. <laughs> right, I'll just add a comment, I guess, if, if there's any question about that, they still have to comply with the law. I move that we amend the conditions to include the now first sentence to read, the applicant shall obtain all applicable permits and approvals that may include, but are not limited to. Second. Next, what we have is Mr. Billingsley uh, giving a heartfelt um, talk to all the neighbors that came in and complained. Um, he felt with them, but there was really nothing he could do. You, you live in general use, you get a lot of freedom. And with that freedom, gives your neighbor a lot of freedom. I want us to be acknowledging the neighbors' concerns about lighting and security. I, that probably probably would have been a bigger concern if I was a neighbor having marijuana go in the middle of my neighborhood and people coming, um, unwelcome people coming in and trying to get some marijuana. Uh, traffic, their property value, um, having another business sounds like it was one at the end of the road, which is actually something I, I really. Do. There you already have a lot of traffic coming through there, but having one in the middle of the neighborhood is a little bit different than having one at the end of the road. Um, and the smell, I don't really know how to interpret that one. I don't know how bad it's going to be. But at least I want you to know that we're, I, at least I acknowledge that. Um, a big factor for me is that this is a general use area. Uh, the smell, I mean, there could be a hog farm right there. That's worse than there is. I don't remember that. You guys probably remember better than me, but there was something down in the North Pole area that was causing a big problem. It was smoke related. It's, it's something that's just part inherent in the general use uh, zoning. Um, you get a lot of liberties with your property, but there also comes with the risk that somebody moves in and does something like has a marijuana grow right next to you. Um, so I'm going to support this. Your, your concerns are not going unnoticed. Next is a very interesting statement from Commission Member Sean Riley. He was the lone dissenting vote. 
It's nothing against your spirit and your entrepreneurial desire, Riley said. I do not believe that this is the proper location for this cultivation facility. Riley said he was concerned about the health, safety, and welfare of the farm's neighbors and referred to um, Hudnall's testimony. He speculated the particles from the farm could get into the air. Oh, that's the woman. He speculated the particles from the farm could get into the air, be ingested, and cause her husband to fail at drug screening. Um, listen very carefully at the end. Wendy Doxy, Burr attorney Wendy Doxley, she gets involved and reminds everyone that you have to vote based on the law, not on your personal beliefs. It was just listen to her. She's a brilliant lady. So I don't necessarily share the same concerns of the neighbors <clears throat> regarding the health, safety, and welfare of the neighborhood um, on a personal level. I'm not necessarily opposed to the individuals using marijuana for recreational or medicinal purposes. Um, <clears throat> however, on, on its face, I think this ordinance does set a bad precedent and potentially alter to the detriment of its residents, the health, safety, and welfare. Um, additionally, I also think uh, they cannot support any ordinance that has or did have warden, wording, which is in direct conflict of, which I will deem um, now as other applicable laws. Um, so while I do empathize with um, the applicant's entrepreneurial spirit, and I probably, you know, in just looking at the, the makeup of the board, I probably will be in the minority, which, which is fine. Um, I, I think at this time, um, I do not believe that this is a proper location for this cultivation facility. Um, again, in this particular case, so I don't, um, I don't foresee myself voting for it. But again, it's nothing against, you know, the your spirit and your um, entrepreneurial, you know, desire. I think you have a great, great plan, and I do wish you well. But um, I just don't have. More concerns. Thank you. If I can, Mr. Riley, um, I'd like you to develop the record more about your reasons for why you think it's not a proper location for the facility. I have concerns with the health, safety, and welfare, um, concerns, especially with individuals not knowing how their health and safety with the um, I don't know if it's going to be the particles going into the air, um, the military individuals um, potentially losing their security clearance, potentially losing their ability to um, um, provide for their family, and stuff along those lines. You know, there's very real, you know, and I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but that could be a very real um, potential uh, happening if somebody does, you know, get pulled for a drug screen and they have something in their system that they cannot otherwise, you know, adequately explain, then that could be an issue. Okay, and I want to remind the Planning Commission that the decision needs to be made uh, based on facts in the record and evidence in the record, so we haven't heard any evidence in the record about that sort of somebody getting pulled over. Um, and it also can't be based on... Um, you know, your personal belief about marijuana or your policy beliefs about the ordinance. So um, I think everybody knows that. That's just a reminder. 
you go girl, burn, she told you what she said, all that stuff. Now we're going to hear how about the rest of them go. There's a, a federal criminal enterprise that's, that's being put in this neighborhood, and, and you don't think that we should be able to talk about how that affects health safety uh, of those residents. So the Planning Commission can require and is required to adopt findings on whether the conditional use conforms to Title 18 and state statutes, whether or not there are adequate existing sewage capacities, transportation facilities, energy and water supplies, and other public services to the proposed conditional use, whether or not the proposed conditional use will protect the public health, safety, and welfare. That's the public, that's the health, safety, and welfare of borough residents. That's what they're discussing. So to the extent that somehow the federal law can be tied to public health, safety, and welfare, you are fine to consider it. I don't know that we have a record to support that consideration. I think that what he's taking into consideration is the welfare of the family who, under federal law, may have their livelihood at risk because of a decision based upon by decision made by this body. That testimony that may happen, and it was testimony. That testimony is valid for consideration. And that's what they're considering. So while I personally do not support the legalization of marijuana in our state, I think that we have an obligation to consider just the just the three criteria that are on the board. Um, and I think that these gentlemen have a tremendous responsibility being the first ones, really, um, who are coming before us um, asking for this permit. Um, they, are, they are saying all of the right things, and I think you know, if they're being honest, their intentions are good. Um, I, I think that you guys are going to make or break public opinion. So I hope you take that responsibility um, to hurt. So that being said, you know, like it or not, whether whether we do support the legislation or not, it's our duty, you know, to uphold the law. I, too, will support this. Um, I think that what you've said today um, and what we're considering as far as the comprehensive economic plan, our goals are to strengthen the economy and to bring additional dollars in, into this area. And this industry is an opportunity for the North Star Borough, Fairbanks North Star Borough, to understand how to do that responsibly. And I'm impressed by your business plans. I think that you've put in the due diligence that's needed to do uh, what you need to do. There will certainly be things that come up, and it, 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 as my um, cohort said, it you know it is your responsibility to to, to deal with that adequately um, and to be a good neighbor. And I think as residents at the Fairbanks North Starboro, that's what we expect out of our neighbors. Now it's time for the vote. Let's go out with, oh, let's go out with a little celebration. 
Mr. Billingsley? Yes. Mr. Riley? No. Mr. Pearl? Yes. Ms. Pressler? Yes. Mr. Whitaker? Yes. Mr. Peterson? Yes. Ms. O'Neill? Yes. Mr. Quinn? Yes. If seven in favor and one opposed. Okay, let's see. At this point, we should remind people there's a 15-day uh, appeal period. Is that correct? It's not so. So you're not out of the woods yet. Wow, it has been a long show. We heard a lot of experts tonight. I'm going to let Mr. Christensen take us out with one... Just let him take us out. So I'm going to have to leave. Thank you guys so much for your time. This is whole process. The borough's been amazing. All the agencies, everyone's actually been great. So thank you again. Thank you. <laughs> hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tenders. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud.